Welcome to Church Project. We're glad that you're here today. Uh, we're a church. We're, we're a gathering of people who love Jesus. We want to know and love Him more, and we want to live out the mission of Jesus in this world together. So we're, we're a church. We're also a project. We're an ongoing pursuit to discover what God originally intended for church to be. So one of the things that we did when we started the church is we looked at the New Testament church and said, how did they do it? We want to do it like that. And so when you look at the New Testament church, you see a church that they gathered in house churches throughout their community, and, and we do that with our house churches. Then they gathered in the synagogues on the weekends, and welcome to the synagogue on the weekend, we're doing this. And one of the other things we see is they met needs wherever they went. So through our ministry partnerships, we partner with effective ministries for the cause of Christ in our city and in our world, and that's what we do. So we're glad that you're here at Church Project today. If you don't um, own a Bible, just uh, raise your hand. We'll bring a Bible over to you. And also, if you are techy enough to have the Version app on your phone, you can open up your Version app. On the bottom right-hand side, there's more, so click on more, and then go to events, and the message notes will pop up under Church Project, so you can follow along in there. I put some supplemental information in there as well, but here's a warning. Uh, if, if you can't get to those notes all the time, so after today, they'll disappear. So if you want to save those notes and use them for house church, just click on save, and then you'll have the notes forever. How, how awesome is that? Well... We're glad that you're here. I'm going to jump right in because we're in the middle of this huge narrative looking at the book of Acts. Uh, we are almost done with Acts chapter 11. What we're going to ch- cover today is Acts chapter 11, verses 27 through 30. And I got to tell you, last week if you came, I really did have intentions to do five verses uh, and to finish out the whole chapter. We only made it through two verses, and that's okay because as I, as I um, kind of lived my life like you did this week, events happened down in Florida that, that I was like, okay, God, you are moving in great ways, and I think these next next three verses today are going to shed some light into our life, and Florida is going to highlight a little bit of what's happened with the shootings down there. So let me pray for us first, because I think this is an intense message, and if our hearts and our minds are ready, I think God's going to lay out some incredible stuff for us today. So I'm going to pray for us, and then we'll go into a moment of awkward silence, and that's your cue to pray for me, okay? God, thank you for today. Thank you for bringing everyone to Church Project. God, I pray right now that you would soften our minds. In our hearts, you would, you would actually get our minds sharp and our hearts soft. So God, we would hear your word, we would hear your spirit, and Holy Spirit, we ask you to teach us amazing things today. Thank you for our life. And it's your name we pray, amen. Okay, Acts chapter 11, verse 27, I'm going to read it and then we're jumping right into this. So... Uh, Verse 27, during this time, some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them, named Hagabas, stood up and through the Spirit predicted that a severe famine would spread over the entire Roman world. This happened during the reign of Claudius. The disciples, as each was able, decided to provide help for the brothers and sisters living in Judea. They did this, sending their gifts to elders by Barnabas and Saul. So I have a couple questions before we get started today. And here they are. Are you going through hard times in your life? Are you going through hard times? 
no matter what, you are never alone. Jesus sits on the throne. And as we look through these verses, I think we're going to highlight, and God's going to highlight, that no matter what we're going through in our life right now, you are not alone, and Jesus sits on the throne. And to that, all his people say, amen. Amen. Let's look at verse 27. Um, Hey, I'm not that smart. So the only thing I can tell you in verse 27 is Jerusalem is higher in elevation than Antioch. That's all I got. Like, I'm like, God, this has got to be super meaningful. No, I think Jerusalem's just higher in elevation. So during this time, some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. There you go. Let's go to verse 28. (laughs) Poor 27. I'm sure there's more to it. I just couldn't get it. So let's go to 28. (laughs) One of them, named Hagabas, stood up and through the Spirit predicted that a severe famine would spread over the entire Roman world. This happened during the reign of Claudius. Two things specifically jumped out at me, and as I I looked at this and read different versions and translations and, and looked into the language here, two specific things jumped out. One of them has been jumping out for quite a while in our, quite recently in our studies as we're going through the book of Acts. Because I, I want to tell you, right now, I want to remind us that this is the beginning of the church. And it's, it hasn't been long since the professionals did ministry. It was just a little while ago that this whole thing was confined, and it was confined, confined to a certain people group in a certain area led by certain professional people. And so the theme that's been repeating the last chapter especially is that one of them. I mean, this was opened up to humans at large. There was no catch. There was no, if it's opened up to you, unless you're this or this or this. Like, this message has been opened up. And so one of them, one of the people that was there, it was there at that time. It's just one of them, not, not the superstar. It's not the most educated. It's not the cream of the crop. And it's, a, it's not the one that is especially set apart to do amazing and earth-shaking things, like this is one of them. And this person was not the most awesomeness of all. Spell that. It's in my notes. I tried to spell it, okay? He, he wasn't the most awesomeness one of all. He was just one of them. Jared liked that. So as we look at the book of Acts, I think it's, it's kind of... Um, Maybe it's mislabeled sometimes because when we look at the book of Acts, we say it's the Acts of the Apostles and the Disciples, right? And maybe in your Bible it's even labeled that. I want to push on that a little bit, though, and I think we've been pushing on it quite a bit as we've been going through the study of the book of Acts. Acts, as you look at it, there's two characters that remain from the beginning and the end. You know who those characters are? Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Like, the theme is Jesus and the Holy Spirit is the only character that remains from the beginning to the end. And as I look at this, I, I wonder if we can label the book of Acts, the Acts through the Holy Spirit. And when we see amazing things happening is that one of them, named Hagabah, stood up and what? Through the Holy Spirit, predicted that a severe famine would spread over the entire Roman world. And this happened during the reign of Claudius. The average person stood up and God used them and 
through the Holy Spirit to predict a famine that was coming up. Question, church, what is the Holy Spirit stirring up in you? I mean, if it's just one of us, it could be any of us. If the Holy Spirit is in us, then what is the Holy Spirit stirring up in each and every one of us? Like, God is moving in men and women, in young, in old, in the sage age. It doesn't matter. We are one of us, and the Holy Spirit is moving. So I want to ask, what is the Holy Spirit stirring in you? When the world says, oh, you can't do that. You can't do that. We're reminded of Romans 12 too. And Romans 12 too says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Sometimes with our mind and the way that we approach God, we approach him with these barriers that just says, God, I want you to use me in great ways, but only to hear. Like, because this is as far as I, I can think. Like, hear. But if one of us The Holy Spirit stirs us, and we can predict a famine. We can do incredible things. Like, what is God stirring up in you? Don't be conformed to this world because the world wants to put limits on you. God wants to remove those limits. And we talked a little bit last week about a theology of liberation. He wants to set us free. Like, this is a slaved people, a select group that God chose And then he opens it up to a slaved people, the Gentiles, the ones that were condemned by sin. And he says, I want to set you free. I want to give you liberation. And yet today, in this, the way we sit in this room today, we can say, God, thank you for setting me free, but only this far. I dare not dream what you're going to do with my life. And we put limits on God. Don't believe the lies of the world. God can use you to change the world. Don't think small. We can't afford to think small in 2018. And if there's people that are dying, and there's people that are separated from God because of sin in their life, and we have the answer, and we have the good hope, do we believe that God can use us to transform the world? I sure hope so. Amen? God has set you free and wants you to be you as you preach liberation with your words and deeds. I'm going to say it again. God has set you free and wants you to be you as you preach liberation with your words and deeds. With your life, you point to God and everything that you do and say. I'm reminded of Luke 4.18, and this is what Luke 4.18 says. It says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. Is the Spirit of God on you? Is the Spirit of God on you? If so, He has anointed us to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free. Like, this is the message that we carry in us. Church, we don't have time to think small. We can set captives free through the love of Jesus Christ. We don't have time to think small. Let's go to verse 29. The disciples, as each one was able, decided to provide help for the brothers and sisters living in Judea. Okay. Hold up, warning, stretch, whatever you need to do. Put it down, stretch it out. 
It's been nice. It's been cute to this point. It's about to get real up in here. Are you okay? That was really gangster, Jeremy. Real up in here. I need to work on a sign. It's interesting to me in verse 29 that the first liberation of the people we're reading about right now was a liberation of the mind and soul up to this point. And then we hit this point in the text in verse 29 where it's now a liberation of the body. I mean, a famine is coming and you see a church starting to rally to say, I'm going to feed empty bellies. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something. And so we see, we see a character of God right here that, is, that overwhelms me at times. Like sometimes we, we think of different characters of God and, and, and we go, okay, God came to set the captives free, but did he come to feed bellies too? Like God can get angry, but only a certain, to a certain degree, really. And so we sometimes avoid being angry people when sometimes that righteous anger is what we need. Like we need to step into the church and we need to flip over the, the tables and say, not in my house. Righteous anger could be good. Like the whole range of emotions is healthy for us to enter into God and say, God, if I'm depressed, it's legit, I'm depressed. I, it's real. I'm not going to sweep it under the rug. I'm not going to act like it's not there. I'm going to pull into that depression. I'm going to get men and women around me to help speak into that. I'm going to dive into your word. I want you to speak into that. But however you sit here today, whatever emotions, whatever thing that you're going through, God wants to set you free from that. Don't run from it like a captive, slave to that. Whatever the thing is you're going through, the hard thing that you're going through, he wants to set you free from this. Are you willing to trust him? Are you willing to get community around you? Are you willing to dive into his scripture and to believe him for healings in your life? He wants to set you and me free. A church that grows is a church that's maturing. Amen. So yeah, even as I look at our, at our cute little body here, like, this is awesome. Like, we're, we're even growing by number, right? That's incredible. We're going to have to take that curtain back one day. We're going to have to move back there. We're going to have to do some great stuff, and it's going to get bigger. Why? Because we're maturing, and when we're maturing, we're going to grow, and an important sign in, matur in the maturation process is generosity. You learn this at a young age. Well, maybe not some of us at an older age. I love giving. I love giving more than I love receiving now, and that's weird to say. I remember the time that I loved watching my girls play on the playground more than I wanted to play on the playground. Like part of this process of maturing, and especially as a body of believers, is that we become a people that are generous. And we see in these three verses, like the church is just starting. It's like, hello, church. And then what do they do? They're generous right out of the gate. They're like, there's a famine coming? We're all pulling together because we're helping. Like, we're helping feed bellies. We're doing something in this. So a church that's growing is a church that's maturing, and a people that's growing is a people that is generous. When we can think of the capital C church, then we are in a healthy situation. When we only think of church project, we are so isolated and we are thinking so small. Like, look right here. If you want to study what's happening right here, the church in Antioch, you know that messed up church that's happening over here 
with, with Roman people and all this stuff. The Gentiles are coming and all that. This one that's just started over here. Yeah, what's happening? A prediction of a famine's about to happen. And now the mother church in Jerusalem needs help. This is the mother church that needs help. And it's the, the church in Antioch that says, we're going to gather, we're going to send grains, and we're going to send produces, and we're going to provide for our brothers and sisters in Jerusalem. The mother church, the one that's been around forever, we're providing for them. They're thinking of the capital C church. Today, church, unfortunately, we have a chance to speak and think of the capital C church. Right across this uh, baseball field is a church called Generations formerly known as, as Wesleyan Church. Tim Trexel, Trexel, did I say that right? He's been here, I don't know, maybe two years, right in there. His son Noah's five, and if you've been following along on Facebook or you know anything about him, he's had a lot of seizures. And it happened a few months ago, a lot, and then, and then it kind of stopped. Well, last Saturday night, he had a handful of seizures, and then last night, um, he had 16 seizures in 24 hours. Five years old. Noah's old enough to know what's happening, and he's terrified. And Tim texts me this morning, how am I supposed to get up and give a message to the church? Like, what am I supposed to do? Like, I'm hurting. I'm hurting for my son. So church, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask, actually, Kendall, because I'm about to cry, uh, Kendall, can you come up? And I just want to. I just want to pray. And li- I know. Just put your hands this way, because the church is this way. Tim's preaching right now this way. And if you would, just close your eyes and let's pray for for Noah, um, just just to be healed, man. Dear Heavenly Father, I th- I thank you for this uh, this church body and and the the capital C church body, Lord, that we we gather around each other when we're hurting and. Uh, we pray for each other. We we pray for uh, Tim and his son that, that uh, you will you will heal him of these uh, seizures. That the, you'll help the doctors figure out what it is that's causing them. And uh, we just uh, you know pray for uh, healing and, and peace uh, for Tim, so that when he gets up today to to talk and he's hurting for his son, that you'll be able to help guide his words and and have him say what needs to be said to to his church and and also lord uh, that he'd be able to be vulnerable to his own church of what it is that he's struggling with um, that he doesn't have to think that he has to do it uh, by himself lord that that you're there and that his church is there and the capital c church is there lord we ask all these things in your name amen thank you church thank you kendall continue to pray for Noah, for Tim, for their family. Um, in America, we, we would say, because Jerusalem is the bigger church and older and has more members and more wealth, it had more power. That's the way we would think about this. This is a farce to think that way. In the economy of Christ, every Christian is called to greatness. It doesn't matter if today's your first day where you've recognized the love of God in your life. God could use you today to change the world. Like It doesn't matter how long we have been Christians. Every Christian is called to greatness. That is why currently, as we live in this world today, 2018, there are 13-year-old girls in China leading churches of a 
thousands of people. They should come take my job. God wants to stir in you greatness. And I think that it's interesting that in verse 29 it says the what? Disciples. It doesn't say the apostles. It doesn't say the professionals. The ones that are trained. The ones that have been Christians forever. It says the disciples, as each one was able, decided to provide help for the brothers and sisters living in Judea. This is your church. Own it. That's it. You call Church Project home, own it. Prove it. Show it. Lead us. Take us places that I can't take us. Pray down greatness. Do amazing things. Like we asked a few weeks ago, how is God going to use you inside the walls of Church Project and outside of walls of Church Project? It doesn't matter. He's going to use you in both places if you believe that there's greatness in you and you're trusting in the movement of the Holy Spirit in your life. That's what I've signed up for. How about you? Amen? This is your church. Own it. The Antioch church sends relief to Jerusalem, the professional, older, wiser, wealthier church, because a famine was coming, and they were stirred to do so. There was movement. Let's get to verse 30. This they did, sending their gifts to the elders by Barnabas and Saul. And this closes out chapter 11. This is the first time elders is used in Scripture here in the New Testament. It's titled Elders. What did the early church do? They met needs. Right? There's a need in the early church we already see meets these needs. So if you look on our fancy, cool little signs, those are, those are nice signs, Jeremy. Thanks for making those out front. Like one of the signs says, what do we do at Church Project? We make disciples, we meet needs, we grow churches. That's what we do at Church Project. Make needs, or, or, or make needs, make disciples, <laughs> meet needs, and grow churches. So we do it by our house churches meeting throughout the week. I hope you're part of a house church. We do it by our Sunday gatherings and we do it by our ministry partnerships. And our ministry partnerships meeting needs are sending finances and support to places in the capital C church body where our resources are needed the most, both locally and globally down to Haiti. For example, Young Life has a 0.0K run coming up. That sounds like my kind of run. I haven't done the math, and I don't know how long that is, but Young Life has a 0.0K. And and why? So lazy people like me can give money. Why? To give money for students to go to camp. To go to camp that's going to blow their mind, maybe for the first time, to hear the love of God. Krista, how can they sign up for that? Online or talk to me. Don't get pancakes and eggs and sausage. <laughs> Are we, do we have tickets or anything here? Any tickets or anything? Yeah? Tickets, you have them here? Okay. So, sign up with, sign up with Young Life for this thing. 
give lots of money. And since we're in the money talk, I thought I would just I'd tell you this. Like, even our budget, we try to be really simple in what we do, even in our budget. So, for example, we saw a way to save $1,600 by stopping this program that we were using called CCB. Though I think it's a really cool, awesome program. We said, you know what, we're just not using it to its potential, so we stopped it to save that $1,600. So what does that mean to you? The last couple of weeks, you've been getting mail from MailChimp because it's free. Hopefully you've been getting it. So you might check your spam folder or your trash folder and mark it as like, we, we like these people. And so MailChimp is now what we're using. Like we want to be very wise with every dollar that God's given us to meet needs wherever they're at, like sending kids to camp. Um, I want to I drive this home for us and I'm going to rock it through this. And we're going a little later than normal. So if you need to get up, feel free to do that. Um, I'm going to rock it through this though. To this point in the message has, has been really high octane, let's kick booty. Um, I want to turn a corner for a second in this message. Um, and here's what I want to ask you. Are, are you going through a hard time? No matter what, you're never alone and the Lord is on his throne. Maybe you've just come out of a hard time, you're currently in a hard time or you're about to get into a hard time. Uh, the shootings that that happened in Florida this week were devastating. Um, lots of parents, brothers, sisters, relatives, friends were immediately forced into a famine. You see the parallel of our passage. The church is entering a famine. In our life, people were forced into a famine this week beyond their control, much like famines beyond our control. What do we do when we look around in our life, at our life, and nothing is visible except parched ground? Because some of us may be there right now. Or just heading out of it or about to go into it. What do we do when we look around and our life is nothing but a famine? And that happens in life. As I was reading through Psalms, I came across Psalms 11, and maybe you can sit, and maybe you can just absorb this, okay, because this is a promise, like you're not in this alone, the Lord is on his throne, so close your eyes, meditate on this, accept this, Psalms 11. In the Lord I take refuge, how then can you say to me, flee like a bird to your mountain? For look, the wicked bend their bows. They set their arrows against the strings to shoot from the shadows at the upright in heart. When the fountains, when the foundations are being destroyed, what can the righteous do? The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord is on his heavenly throne. He observes everyone on earth. His eyes examine them. The Lord examines the righteous, but the wicked those who love violence, he hates with a passion. On the wicked, he will rain fiery coals and burning sulfur. A scorching wind will be their lot. For the Lord is righteous. He loves justice. The upright will see his face. I'm going to put up an image uh, that if you're following on version, the image is there as well, so you can save it and you can have it. Um, but it, it's, it's one that, that 
I couldn't figure out another way to do it because the program that I'm, that I'm using, it's called 14 Days of Hope, and it's a, it's a quiet time that you can go through for 14 Days of Hope and what that looks like. And so if, if you'll, is it, Elijah, you have it? Okay. Um, I'm going to email this out too, and don't worry about the check marks and the asterisks. That just means I'm still working through it myself, like going through it. But I'm going to email this out. So it's, it's very important. If you, we're not emailing you, um, write down on the card your email address because I'm going to email this out. And I'm telling you, if you ever feel like you're in a, in a parched land or going through something hard or you need hope injected into your life, the scriptures that I've been reading through on hope, facing death with hope, the Psalms of hope in God, hope for God's redemption, like this is one plan that I'm like, this is fantastic church. We don't need to go through life together or alone. Like, if we go through it separated, much like last week in that eerie snake video, I'm sorry, I'm not though. Because when we go through life alone, like, we are open for the snakes. And when famine comes, it's going to be nothing but a famine. But God wants us to walk through this, and he sees us. He's there with us. Um, Some of you, Jack Mount, wherever he's at, Jack, there he is, okay, Jack's going to be doing uh, an eight-week Bible study starting March 8th at 8 in the morning on Sundays. So no one from basketball can go play. But if you, if you want to do that, it's intense. Like we want to invite eight men to join Jack at 8 in the morning on Sundays to go through. It is a fire hose of a Bible study. Um, so write that on your card or go see Jack. Jack, raise your hand so the, guy, the men can see you. Go see him. First eight, you're in. You are not alone. The Capital C Church is here for you. If you're feeling like you're in a famine, produce and grain is coming to Jerusalem from Antioch. Your job is to let us know. Your job is to be connected. Your job is to be honest. And your job is to be engaged. We don't know how to engage you if you're isolated. We don't know what you're going through if you're alone. Don't be isolated. Hiding behind guilt and shame. Because that's all isolation will produce. More guilt, more shame. More guilt, more shame. A vicious cycle. You are not alone. God is madly in love with you. Do you know this, church? Call on his name and you will be saved. That ends chapter 11 of Acts. I'm going to pray over us. I'm going to invite Jeremy to come up, continue and and lead us in probably a song of worship. Um, God, thank you for today. God, I pray if there's anyone in this room that feel like they're going through a famine, that you would soothe them right now, that you would remind them that you are on the throne. You see us, you recognize us, you've chased us. And you're all about a relationship with us. God, we pray our lives would give you much glory and praise. Even as we walk through famine, may people recognize you. And God, when the world 
forces us into places that are dry and parched. Maybe we be honest with those moments. May we be real with the emotions. May we process and take as long as we need to process, but may we not do it alone. May we first and foremost fall on our face before you, recognizing that you're our king. And we're not alone. And then, God, would you give us the courage to engage people in house churches and relationships, deep, real, not fake, how are you relationships, but real fellowship, pain-bearing relationships. And may you use your church to send produce and grain to our lives. God, I'm thankful for your capital C church. May we never be alone. May we never be isolated. May we pray for our brothers and sisters in Greeley and beyond. May we pray for 13-year-old pastors in, in, in China. May we pray for our pastors in Haiti. May we remember our brothers and sisters. And may you encourage us to recognize and realize that you're, steering, you're, you're stirring in us, ordinary men and women, greatness for your name's sake. God, thank you for who you are. And I pray that if there's anyone in this room that hasn't surrendered control of their life to you today, that today would be the day they say, God, you're on the throne, not me. Take control of my life. Forgive me for all of my sin that make me clean in you, God. Church, I'm going to ask us to stand. I'm going to pray a blessing over us. We'll worship for a moment here. This blessing is found in Ephesians chapter 3. Please receive this. I pray that from His glorious unlimited resources, God will empower you with inner strength through His Spirit. That Christ will make His home in your hearts as you trust in Him. And that your roots will grow down deep into God's love and keep you strong. May you have the power to understand how long, how high, and how deep His love is. May you experience the love of Christ and be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God who is able through His mighty power at work within us accomplish infinitely more that we may ever ask or think. And all of God's people said, Amen.